Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. God, as he would call on us to do certain things, he said, man, curse them. Because when it was time to go war for my kids, they wouldn't go. Forget that. God's upset about that. That God's not okay with that. And so I want you to consider, right? There'd be things that God would call us to do. And it's like, that's going to be a fight. God says, but it's for me. It's for my people. It's for the things I care about. Go have that fight. Go have that battle. Go go, go get uncomfortable over there. Go go share that message. Go tell him the gospel. But you go. Like, it's what I care about. You care about what I care about. You go. As Christians, when we're going through our toughest battles, we know we can seek the help of the Lord, and he fights for us. But when the script is flipped, do we fight for him? Today in his message, Pastor Bill wants you to know that you need to stand up for God in the same way that He never backs down for you. When you choose to let God lead your life, it can't be a one-way street. He is calling you to spread His gospel and never fall prey to the pressures of this world. Be a warrior for God's beautiful truth. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Judges chapter 5 as he continues his message, The Song of Deborah. The enemies are going to find me out. The Philistines are going to get me. And so I'll just, I'm just going to go be with the enemy. And that's what happens when you start thinking to yourself. God haven't asked any of us. He actually tells us not to in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. A verse that many people know, but few people obey. God says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path or make your way straight. God said, I didn't ask you to sit around and think about it. I want you to pray about it. I want you to listen about it, and I want you to obey me about it. And so, um, again, so Reuben, he says that you guys got great searchings of heart. Verse 17, Gilead stayed behind the Jordan. And why did Dan remain on ships? Asher continued at the seashore and stayed by by his inlets. And so you had one group that stayed on the ships. They They just didn't come down and get in the battle. And Another group that stayed by the inlets but didn't get involved in what was going on. Verse 18, Zebulun is a people who jeopardized their lives to the point of death. Naturally also on the heights of the battlefield. So now in contrast, you got Zebulun that they're out there battling and putting their lives on the line, risking everything. And he said, look at the, look at the contrast. You got these group over here sitting around thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. You got another group over here that's sitting on their ships not willing to get involved in the battle. They're, they're, they're in safety, just kind of watching. You can see what's happening. How's it going? Ooh, ooh. You know, they're just, they're just like they're watching a football game. And he says, and then you got Zebulun, feet on the floor, down there putting his life at risk, out there battling, going to war. The Lord went before Zebulun, right? And I would just say this to you, and, and to me too, to us as God's kids, God hasn't called any believer to be on the sideline. None of us are to be observing from the sideline the work of the Lord. Everybody could be a part in some way. Every single believer has a part to play. And so don't be comfortable. Don't ever get comfortable sitting from the sidelines. Find you a way in the will of God to be a part of what God's doing. There's some way for you to be involved in everything that God is doing. Um, You know, locally within your fellowship, there be things that God specifically calls you to do. But you want to be able to look at your life and say, man, if, if I asked you right now, in what way are you participating in the work of God in your city, in your context, in your community? Like what, in what way? Um, there should be something you can say in this way, you know, um, I participate in this way. I'm serving in that way. 
Um, you might be praying faithfully. That's a, that's a part of the battle that needs to be happening. And we won't get very far without that. And so you might be one that says, you know what, I, I do faithfully pray for the ministry, for the leaders, for the things that are going on. I take the, you know, I take the bulletin home and I look at the events that are coming. I just go down and I pray for them. We need people to do that. Right. You might be right now. There are people down there at war. It's the people down the hallway with babies and they're 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 they're, they're, just, they're just loving on your babies and ministering to your babies. They, you know, so that we could be in here, you know, having Bibles that they're, they're serving. They're 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 working right now. You know, while we're, we're sitting, got AC on. Lord, you're so good. You know, they're, they're part of the work. There'll be another group Sunday morning at nine, another group Sunday at 11. Right. Doing that that work. Sundays, we'll be in here. There'll be guys outside when it's hot out there making sure people know where to come, making sure cars ain't getting broken into and the women get, you know, treated well uh, in our fellowship. There's there's all these different ways. There's so many different people that are doing so many different things. Um, make sure that you're 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 a part of the work. Be discontent. Anybody play sports, don't nobody want to sit on the bench, right? If I, when I play football, you don't, what you don't want at the end of a tackle football game is a clean uniform. That's, that's, that's not what you want. That's a bad look, you know. After the game, you know, it's, I, I've seen kids just do a dirt slide just so they wouldn't look so, so bad, you know, whatever. You don't want a clean uniform. It, what it says is you haven't contributed. You're not really a part. You just, you just came, right? Don't, don't be that kind of believer. No, don't, don't, don't leave with a, you know, you, uh, you guys can be, wear clean clothes, but you know, don't, don't, uh, don't have a clean uniform, so to speak, when it comes to the work that the Lord wants us to be doing. Amen. Amen. All right. Look at verse, um, uh, 19 now. Yeah. Then the Kings of Canaan fought in Tanakh by the waters of Megiddo. They took no spoils of silver. They fought from the heavens, the stars from their courses uh, fought. I'm sorry. The stars from their courses fought against Sisera, and so again, it's listing the people that fought. But it says the now says the stars. The stars fought against you know the stars from their courses fought against Sisera. The idea there is that God was working with them. That there was it wasn't just, they were down there with their feet on the floor, but but God was coming behind them. And this is the cool thing when however you get involved in serving God, right? This will be something that you'll experience and. I believe it's the thing that causes people to say, like, man, I want to continue to serve the Lord in this way. Whatever you do to serve God, at some point it's going to cause you to, you're going to have to exercise faith. God always calls us to do more than what we can do. And it's like, God, I, I, that's, that's, I can't do that. That's, I, God, that's his, that's his, that is God's normal. God, I'm going to give you more than you can handle so that you'll look to me to help. But you'll keep stepping forward anyway in faith and obedience, and you'll find out that I'll show up. I'll show up where you, where you, when you realize when it's done that I did it through you. Um, God likes to set us up that way. Put us in situations that, God, I, I, I can't do this. God, I know. That's why I put you there. I, I knew you couldn't do it. I knew you couldn't do it, but through me, you could do it. I'll do it through you as you just yield yourself to me. God wants us to be a people of faith, a people that trust him. And so what will happen is as you, okay, God, I'm just going to go because you said go, right? Not leading to my understanding. I'm not looking at me as I'm the, the end all. I'm saying, God, you told me to do this. This is beyond what I think I can do. But in faith, I'm going to go ahead and take the steps and move forward. And what you'll find out is the Lord shows up and there's that supernatural dynamic where, God, you're you're working with me, working in me and working through me. I got to be in a cooperative effort with the Lord. There's something so wonderful about that, that I believe people that do that will just it'll be decided. This is what I want to do the rest of my life. I want to I want God to work in my life. I want to experience his hand in my life. I feel so sad for believers that don't have firsthand knowledge and experiential knowledge of the Lord working 
in them and through them in that way. Um, because you, I, read, I would read the Bible different if I haven't experienced God. I'm like, wow, that happened. How come God does that for all these people? I've never experienced that because you don't operate in faith. Step out and obey him. Step out, take a step of faith. You want to, God, you know, how come they saw God working? Because they were feet on the floor. The people that were in the ship, they didn't see God do nothing through them. The people that stood back and were, you know, deep in thought, they didn't see God do anything deep. God didn't do nothing with them thinking over there. But Zebulun and feet on the floor and, and this other groups that are out there battling and warring, they're like, man, God is raining down. Like, we're looking at chariots. We could never beat them. But God rained down, made the ground soggy. The iron chariots have fallen over, and we're taking these dudes' heads off. Look at God. Look at what he's doing. Look at, look at him going before us in this way. And so you don't get to experience that without stepping out in obedience and faith first. And I wish I could tell you God will do it different, right? But if you're going to see God move supernaturally, God's like, I'll move. You know, I did one study. I said, when I move, you move. You know, it was a song like that. But God's like, no, you won't see me do anything until you step out first. You're going to step out. God said, I'm going to part the waters. But he, he waited until the waters were overflowing. And he said, no, go, go, go on down. Nothing about what they saw said it, it's, it's, it's overflowing its banks. Why couldn't you call us when the water was at, at low tide? It's at high tide. You call us now. But once they step down, that's when it all happened. So they had to step in faith. We're stepping obedience. It doesn't make sense right now. It doesn't look like it's going to work right now. But as they step, then they saw. And so that's how God wants it to be. Guys, I want you to trust me. I want you to trust what I say, not what you can see. And so uh, if I can see it, it doesn't require faith. And so many times God will cause us to be in scenarios where I, I got to step out well beyond what I can see uh, in order to experience God's move in my life. And so verse 20, it says, um, so they fought from the heavens, the stars from their courses fought against Sisera. The torrent of Kishon swept them away. The ancient torrent, the torrent of Kishon. Oh, my soul marched on in strength. Then the horse's hooves pounded the galloping Galloping of his steeds, curse Meroz, said the angel of the Lord, curse its inhabitants bitterly because they did not come to the help of the Lord, to the help of the Lord against the mighty. And so here uh, in the midst of this, there's a pronouncement of a curse to groups that did not come to the help of the Lord. I want you to think about that phrase. They didn't come to help the Lord. We know the Lord is going to get it done. But God said, I was calling everybody to come. I told them to come help and they, they wouldn't come when I said come help. Right. And that's if God calls you to come help and you won't go help. You know, God said that I, you you wouldn't come help. I was I was inviting you. How how cool is it that we could potentially help the Lord? The, I mean, the Lord would say, hey, Bill, I, I put you on my team. I got a little something I want you to do over here. And in doing that, you, you'd be helping me. I mean, I, you could be on my team, Bill. You can help me. I want you to do that part right there. And I got Clint doing that part. And this guy doing that part. And that girl doing that part. And if all y'all do their parts, y'all helping me. We're work, you're working with me. We're in a cooperative effort with the Lord. But he says to this group here, um, curse them bitterly because they did not come to the help of the Lord. And here's the thing. What's, what's demonstrated and expressed in those that didn't come help is that they don't care about what God cares about. Because God cared about his people. And God cared about his kids. And God said, look, I, I, we want to fight for that. And I, I called you guys to come fight for that. You didn't come. And God is upset about it. Uh, I had this kid when I grew up as a kid in my neighborhood named Kamal. And his mother, he was a, he was a really small guy. And 
Uh, his parents really sheltered him. And we were always trying to get him like, let him come play with us. You know, I would go over and try to tr- like, get his mom. See, they didn't trust the neighborhood kid. They were like, no, he's not going out there with you hooligans. And I'm like, he'll be fine. You know, we will take care of him. I'm not going to let nobody, you know. And she finally, like, she would start letting him come to stuff. And he could come play basketball for a little while. And he could, he could ride the bike so far down. And when we were in high school, ninth grade, I remember uh, they weren't going to, he was going to be at the same school. And a group of us would catch the bus together. And she was so concerned. I was like, I said, no, I promise you, I'm going to take care of him. He's going to be fine on the bus. And I kid you not, this is the, this is the second week of, second, third week of school. We're on the bus. And he's a little guy. A guy gets on the bus and goes over to him and, and lifts him out of his seat and then sits down. And I'm, I'm appalled. I'm like, no, you can't, no, you know, you can't do this. So I, I go back and I'm like, bro, like, you, no, just tell him to let you sit back. No, 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 he doesn't want to do it. So, um, end up, I, I end up, I end up fighting this kid. Nate, Nate was, Nate was going to help. Nate was, uh, well, I, I fight this kid and, you know, we put him off the bus and, uh, you know, and I'm like, I, I, and I, my excuse was, I told my mom, mom, I told his mom I was going to protect him. And you always said, if anybody's bullying someone, that you don't let that happen in front of you. So I didn't let it happen in front of me. You know, it carried on into the neighborhood and, and they end up, they end up at my house with his parents and all this kind of stuff. But I remember feeling like, no, nah, I, I, I'm not, I, I was so uncomfortable seeing this kid just for nothing. He's the innocent, he's the most nicest non-gang banger and he's just sitting down with his backpack and books. He's going to do all his homework. I know it. And they move him out of the seat. I was appalled, man. Like, no, it can't happen. You know, I want you to consider, right? Like this kid's parents, they loved him and they wanted him to be safe and protected. And like most of us parents, right? God, as he would call on us to do certain things, he said, man, curse them. Because when it was time to go war for my kids, they wouldn't go. Forget that. God's upset about that. That God's not okay with that. And so I want you to consider, right? There'll be things that God will call us to do. And it's like, that's going to be a fight. God says, but it's for me. It's for my people. It's it's for the things I care about. Go have that fight. Go have that battle. Go, go, go get uncomfortable over there. Go, go share that message. Go tell him the gospel. But you go like, it's what I care about. You care about what I care about. You go. If you don't care about what I care about, you're useless to me. And that, that group right here, they become useless to the Lord in that sense. So verse 24, again, I'm going to try to run through this faster now. It says, most, most blessed among women is J.L., the wife of Heber the Kenite. Blessed is she among women in tents. Now, um, we know one other woman, in the, there's only one other woman in all of Scripture that it says something like this about, right? Uh, you know, blessed, you know, about Mary, you know, blessed among women, you know, because she she brought forth the son of God and nursed him. And so but J.L., it says most blessed among women is J.L. Uh, blessed is she among the women in tents. So of all the women in tents, J.L. is above them all. Why? Because she she put a tent peg through the enemy of the Lord, through Sisera. God said she is blessed among women, <laughs> like because she put her hand to the work. So ladies. It was pretty brutal and pretty graphic and everything that she did. But God is saying, look, it's just, God's not sexist, you know, whoever. Right. The, women's faith is as good as men's faith. Y'all know that. Right. A man's faith and a woman's faith is it's God's like faith is not sexist. If you believe God and obey God, God's like, I'll do great things through your life. I will do amazing things through men. I'll do amazing things through women. I'll do amazing things through people who trust me. She did what was right because it was the right thing to do. And she did it. And, you know, not because it was the right thing, for, not because the people around her, they were they were in cahoots with the enemy. She was like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm not. I'm not. 
I'm gonna invite him into my tent, but I'm gonna, it's, it's not gonna be what you think. <laughs> you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm gonna put him the, I'm gonna put him out of his his misery, and she did that. So um, God says, "Hey, I want to, I want to shout her out. Blessed is she among women in tents." Verse twenty five. He asked for water. She gave him milk. She brought out cream in a in a lord a lordly bowl. We got an extra insight. So she must have bought that milk out in some some really kingly looking lordly looking bowl. He says, "For you, sir, you're so special. You big person, important, whatever." And I bet he felt like he was something else as he had his as he had his nighttime curds of milk and went to sleep. <laughs> so verse twenty six. She stretched her hand to the tent peg, her right hand. Uh, to the workman's hammer, she pounded Sisera, she pierced his head, she split and struck through his temple. At her feet he sank, he fell and lay still. At her feet he sank, he fell. This is her song. I mean, this is she just writing. This is this is a fresh flow of exactly what happened. She's like she hit him in the tent. He fell to his pirate legs. He went still. He died. You know that's it's, this is expressing exactly what happened. At her feet he sank, he fell. Where he sank, there he fell dead. Um, hallelujah. <laughs> that's, a, that's the song. Verse 28. The mother of Sisera looked through the window. So we get some insight. Her mom was, you know, looking through the window uh, and cried out through the lattice. Why is his chariot so long in coming? So the mother of Sisera, you know, she's like, where's my son? Where's he coming? I don't see him. He's like, where's he at? He's taking so long. Hey, why is his chariot taking so long and coming? Why tarries the clatter of his chariots? Her wisest ladies answered her. Yes, she answered herself. Are they not finding and dividing the spoil to every man, a girl or two? And so, again, that's what the non-believers do. They take the spoil. They take your women and they say, oh, they're over there to dividing the spoil. Every man's getting a woman or two. You know, um, that's what they're thinking is happening. So. Um, and it says, for Sisera, plunder of dyed garments, plunder of garments embroidered and dyed, two pieces of dyed embroidery for the neck of the looter. Thus, let all your enemies perish, O Lord. But let those who love him be like the sun when it comes out in full strength. So the land had rest for 40 years. And so while Sisera's mom is saying, hey, I bet he's looting. I bet he's taking all this stuff. I bet he's getting all these things. The, the thing says, let that be the case for all those. Like she's his, she's the she's the mother of the enemy. There's really no mercy given to her either because she's also part of the wrong team. And it says, yeah, let, let that be the case. Let let there be other mothers of, you know, these carnal leaders and these people that let, let them have the same experience is exactly what it means. That sounds harsh to us. But when you understand the context that God wanted these people wiped out entirely, they were oppressing his people. As they had this victory here, it says the land had rest for 40 years. And the last phrase of her song was she said, thus let all your enemies perish, O Lord. Let them all perish like that. Let it be terrible and horrific and final. She says, but let those who love him be like the sun when it comes out and it's in full strength. And you think about the sun when it comes out in full strength. It's powerful. You can't look straight at it. Nothing can touch it. It's a powerful thing. So let, let that be the case for all those that love the Lord. And it says, again, the land had rest for 40 years. So after all this, 40 years, they're going to have rest, 40 years of peace, of rest in Israel, things going well. And uh, we'll pick up next week um, as things kind of uh, we're, we're going to see that they, they move in the wrong direction. Once again, um, I would just leave us with this thought um, as we talked earlier about worship. You know, this was her song expressing 
some gratitude, some thanks to the Lord for what he had done. She's also just kind of saying through the facts of what took place uh, in her song. She worshiped the Lord. She credited God for the victory. She acknowledged those who participated with her in the battle. Um, she acknowledged those who were really busters that didn't they didn't do their part. They didn't participate. Um, she identified both groups. And I, I believe there's something for us to get in that. Yes, we want to be worshipers. Yes, we want to be unashamed in our giving thanks and praise to the Lord. Um, worship can be fresh. Uh, worship can be something I was going to I had wrote in my notes. I didn't say it when I was up at the beginning, but I would I would challenge or encourage us here. Right. She just this happened. This was either written or sung that day. It's not real fancy. It don't rhyme. You know, she said, you know, especially the part about the, you know, Cicero, you know, she just just she just saying the facts. A tit in the head. I went, wham, wham. You know, she just sang the song. So but I would encourage you guys. Right. That that you that we would take a moment out and write our thanks to the Lord. Maybe you can write a poem or a song to the Lord, you know, but you write out uh, some way where you express because this is a specific thanks. They were thanking God for specific things that he did for them. If I write a thanksgiving something to the Lord about his work in my life, it would be very specific and personal for me. Um, if you were to write that, it would be, you know, it'd be interesting to hear what we would each, you know, what are we thankful for in our hearts? What are those things that God did that we're like, wow, Lord, you know? Um, you're so faithful. What are those things in our lives? There are different things in our lives where, um, for each of us, there are different things that we're praising God. We praise God generally. We're all saved. We're thankful. But there are specific things. And I wanted to close sharing with you guys something for me. Um, just this was my meditation as I was preparing this today. Um, in the Bible reading today, for you guys that read it, John 9, that was a story where the man was born blind and they said, why was he born this way? I told you guys before, that was a story God spoke to me when I was saying, God, why was my son born with autism? Did we sin? Did we mess up? There's something you're trying to show us. And God said, nobody sinned. He was born this way, but that the works of God would be revealed in him. Now, today, Billy had Billy's first uh, tech when we, he got in-home support was an Asian lady named Eileen. And we witnessed to her and shared with her and she didn't receive it. One day I said, because she was going to be leaving, I said, I said, I, I usually don't, because they're ladies, I kind of let Mika have it. I said, maybe let me take a stab at it, babe. I'm like, I'm going to ask her for permission. And I said, can I have permission to just really share like what we believe with you? And she, because they were curious, they're in our house. She was like, you know what? I want to hear it. I, want, I really want to hear it. And she heard me out the entire gospel, shared the whole thing with her. And she heard us all the way out. And she was like, I got to really sit and consider that. But I, I struggle with some of it because of, you know, I got some beliefs from hog rays or whatever. And, and she left. And I thought, man, we didn't get her. And as time would go by, she had some health things and she called Mika and she reached out and she said, your family always impacted me in this way. Can we meet? And she met with Mika. Lo and behold, she gives her life to the Lord. She lives out. Uh, she ends up, they move out towards Golden Springs. They go to Raw Reese Church. Husband gets saved also. They're in fellowship there. So we got a package from UPS, and Mika's like, Who's, what? I didn't order something. Did you order something? Or none. So she sent us something for our anniversary. And so we sat there and read the card, and she wrote out how, how all this, how, how our family impacted her and, and how this helped lead her to, to the Lord. And I'm like, I'm sitting there, I'm like, babe, I said, you realize today we did the Bible. I did it with BJ, and I just expressed to BJ what that story meant because he didn't, never heard that. He didn't know that. And I'm sitting there like, Lord, look at, look at what you, 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 you kept your word. You told me that. You were going to do something through him that was bigger than what I was hoping you would do. And so then the day we get this in the mail and she's saying we're in fellowship, we're thriving. We got two boys. My health is better. 
you know, you know, she wasn't married initially. She's married, you know, all these different things. And she's like, you know, she was in our house because of him. And so for me today, that's the thing that I'm saying, Lord, thank you. I'm, I'm thankful for many things. I'm thankful that I'm saved, but I'm like, Lord, you are so good. You've been listening to Pastor Bill Bovington with a transforming word. We know you didn't have to come today to hear from the book of Judges. You could have easily switched channels or moved on with your day, doing other things. But you did choose to tune in, and for that, we're grateful. A Transforming Word is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood in Los Angeles, California. If you found these messages helpful and encouraging, why not listen to more? You can find these teachings at calvaryinglewood.org. Just look under the teaching tab. You can also download our mobile app to have these messages with you wherever. Another resource on our website is a daily Bible reading plan that might interest you. You'll also find links to Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. So head over to calvaryinglewood.org for all the information you need. And if you still haven't found what you're looking for, just call or text us. Our number is 310-245-4811. That's 310-245-4811. As you can see, we have many ways to help you connect with God throughout your week. If you're wondering about a way you could contribute to the ministry here at A Transforming Word, we greatly value your prayers and financial support if you feel led to do so. On CalvaryInglewood.org, you'll find a Give tab that helps you know how to proceed. Thank you for your support. We hope you come back here next time as you quickly notice the effects of A Transforming Word.